blessing to you, I imagine. Go ahead and take the uh, worship, um, the study guide out of your worship folder. And uh, the title of our sermon today is Mom's Rock. <laughs> Honor your mother. And I knew this day was coming, so I decided to do a little research and find out how Mother's Day got its start here in our country. I didn't really know this, but here's what I found out. The modern American holiday of Mother's Day was first celebrated in 1908 when a lady named Anna Jarvis held a memorial for her own mom down in Grafton, West Virginia. Her mother was an amazing woman who during the Civil War had um, uh, cared for wounded soldiers both from the North and from the South. And so daughter Anna wanted to continue her mom's work and honor her by setting aside a day to honor all mothers. And so due to her tireless efforts, several states ended up officially setting aside a day for esteeming motherhood. The first was in 1910 in her home state of West Virginia. And then in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed the official proclamation establishing the second Sunday in May as a national holiday to honor moms. So that's how it all got started. But here's kind of the ironic twist. You know, here's the rest of the story. Although Anna Jarvis founded Mother's Day, it wasn't long before she resented how commercialized it became. By the early 1920s, Hallmark had started selling Mother's Day cards, and the, the flower industries and the candy industries were profiting nicely from this holiday. Jarvis became so outraged by what she saw as exploitation that she organized boycotts to get it stopped. In 1923, she crashed a candy makers convention in protest Two years later, in another protest, she was actually arrested for disturbing the peace. By the time of her death, in 1948, Jarvis had totally disowned the, the holiday after years of lobbying for the government to remove it from the American calendar. So, I don't know about you, if you've ever started something that ended up turning into something totally different than what you envisioned, then maybe you can empathize with poor Anna. But, we must say that her original intentions were noble, right? to set aside a day for honoring moms, for who they are and, and for what they do. And so that's what we're celebrating today. You know, when you read the Word of God, what we find is that God Himself intended for mothers to be honored. And not on just one day of the year, but on every day of every year. In fact, the Lord was so intent on this that He included it in His law, right? The Ten Commandments. I'd like you to read with me the fifth commandment in, in the Decalogue together. Let's read this out loud. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's the fifth commandment, isn't it? Honor your father and your mother. You know, the God who etched this law into a stone tablet and gave it to Moses was the same God who had just rescued his people from years of enslavement in Egypt. Through Moses, you might recall, he had delivered his people uh, from their oppression, from Pharaoh, and he'd miraculously brought them through the Red Sea and into the Sinai Peninsula on their way to the land of promise. And on that journey, all along the way, God was showing his people that he alone was their God and that their deliverance was his doing alone and that he is a holy and righteous God. Through the giving of the law, he was making a covenant with them, wasn't he? He was requiring his people to live their lives as a unique people, distinct 
from all the peoples that were around them. And a key part of that redeemed lifestyle was this, respect for authority and the position of parents. And that makes sense because we know that, that parental authority was delegated to parents by the Lord himself and was meant to be a reflection of his own authority. So to be a part of God's covenant people while at the same time dishonoring, dishonoring your parents was basically the same as rebelling against God himself. That's why in the law you find statements like this. Deuteronomy 21.18 If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. Uh-oh, this sounds serious. They shall say to the elders, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a profligate. You know, when you have to find new words to describe how wild and rebellious your son is, that's, that's pretty, reaching pretty low there. He is a profligate and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town shall stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. Yikes. Well, that would have cut down on uh, rebellious behavior in teenagers, right? At least behavior on the outside. But of course, we know that law by itself can't change the human heart, right? Which is by nature intent on casting off authority and establishing self as the final rule. It's like the kid who was acting up and his mom looked at him and said, young man, I want you to go sit down. And the kid says, no. I said, go sit down. No. I said, go sit down or you're going to regret it. So the kid shuffles over and sits down and he mumbles to himself, well, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> That's the human heart, isn't it? That's how humanity responds to law. As I've said many times, the law is good and necessary, but it's powerless. Law cannot change our hearts, cannot change the human heart. That's why on this Mother's Day, before I get into how God says to honor your mother, I want to first remind us all of the gospel of Jesus Christ that tells us that God sent his own son to earth to accomplish what the law by itself could not accomplish. I love how it says it in Romans 8, verse 3, For God has done what the law, weakened by our flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, talking about the flesh of Jesus, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Please don't miss this. The only way any of us could ever hope to live the way God calls us to live, including this matter of honoring the authorities in our lives, is through having our hearts changed so that we want to live that way. Because here's the deal, in our flesh, you and I have not and cannot honor our parents the way that God calls us to. Look at God's law again. Look, look at the fifth commandment again. Well, it does not say, honor your mother as long as she is honorable. It doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say, honor your mom unless she hurt you. It doesn't say, honor your mom if she was a great mom. It says, honor your mother 
period. No exceptions, no exemptions. None of us has done that perfectly. None of us. That's why we all needed someone else, someone else to come and live this way for us. Jesus, the Son of God, came down from heaven. He lived the perfect life that you and I could not live. Then he took all of our failures, including this failure. He took them upon himself and died for them. And then after rising from the grave and ascending back into he heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit to empower his people to live out his life in the world, including this, honoring those that he's placed in authority over us. To me, this is just another reason why the gospel is such good news. If you're in the room today and you're one of those who has, who has believed the gospel, surrendered your life to Jesus, I hope you know you've been given the inner strength to honor your father and mother, to forgive your parents for their sins and their shortcomings, because they had them, didn't they? Sure they did. The strength to begin offering them the respect that they are due as your dad and as your mom, just as Jesus did for the glory of God. So with that as our background, with that as our understanding, let's see more specifically how the Spirit of Jesus would want us to live our lives and live out this calling to honor our mothers. Remember, this is how Jesus himself honored his mother, Mary, as the one who perfectly fulfilled the law of God. So, from God's word this morning, from the book, the book, seven ways to honor our moms like Jesus did. Number one, we honor our moms by recognizing all of their hard work. And mom said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Honor your mother. One meaning of the word honor is to see the effort that someone else is putting forth and acknowledge that effort. We honor someone when we see their labor and then we say or do things that say to them that their effort is noticed, that it's appreciated. Now, mothering is often a thankless job, isn't it, moms? It's often a thankless job. So much of what you do goes unappreciated. I imagine if someone was keeping track through the years of and tallying up all the loads of laundry that you've washed and dried and folded and put away, all the sink loads of dishes you've washed, all the homework papers that you've looked over through the years, all the meals you've prepared and served, all the diapers you changed, all the trips you made taxiing your children all over town to different events. If someone actually counted up all of that and gave you the numbers today, you probably collapse from exhaustion, right? You'd say, no wonder I'm so worn out. <laughs> it was so much of it goes unnoticed. So much of it just kind of gets taken for granted, just expected of you. Maybe you'd want to wave those numbers in front of your kids' faces and say, see, I do love you. Here's proof. <laughs> I saw this week a calculation somebody made of what a mom could rightfully expect to earn if she did her same work every day but did it for a corporation that paid her. It was $84,000 a year. A mom saw that and uh, did some research of her own. And she said, no, I found a figure that was actually into six figures. <laughs> Either way, that's a pretty good salary. And yet, being a mom is not a role that receives remuneration of that sort. Moms don't do it for money. They do it for love. Let me ask you this Mother's Day. Have you ever thanked your mom 
I mean, have you ever thanked her for all the effort she expended through the years to help you out in life? Have you let her know recently how much you appreciate all the hard work that she does for the family? I know when I first said that to my own mother when I was 19 years old, I realized that that, that statement needed to be preceded by an apology first. Because it dawned on me that I had taken it all for granted. I wrote her a letter. Mom, I'm so sorry for being so ungrateful all those years I lived at home. I took it all for granted, everything that you did. I hope you can please find it in your heart to forgive me like Jesus has. I really do appreciate you for all that you did for the family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I believe the spirit of Jesus in you would move you to express in, in loving and sincere ways how much you appreciate what your mom has done for you. Let her know that. And I can tell you this, she did more than you know. <laughs> she did more than you know. Well, here's a second way. We honor our moms by respecting them for their position. This also comes from the definition of the word honor. A second meaning is to give respect. You honor someone when you offer them respect. And I am praising God that my mom lived her life in a very respectable way. It's easy for me to offer her respect. I know that's the case for many of you, but not for all of you. Some of you struggle with negative feelings towards your mom because she didn't do the things that a good mom would do. Mom's day is hard for you. You're conflicted on the inside because you know on the one hand that you should honor her. She's your mom. And yet in your mind, she wasn't very honorable. Well, here's what I believe the Lord would want you to see. God's call for you to honor your mother is not based, not to be based on her performance as a mom, how well she did, but on her position. On her position as your parent. Do you see the, di the difference? One is conditional, right? I'll respect you if you're respectable, if you earn my respect. But the other is unconditional. I'll give you respect because you're my mother. That's your position, regardless of how well or how poorly I think you performed in that role. The reason this is so important is because giving your mother unconditional respect also gives her a picture of the gospel. Think about what the Bible says. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The agape love of the gospel, it's not conditional love. God didn't love you based on how lovable you were, how awesome you were, how honorable you were living. No, God's love is unconditional, flowing from the heart of the one who can love a wretch like me. That's the unconditional love of God. He loves that way because it's his nature. And when we love people like that, apart from their performance, then we're loving with his love. Amen? We're giving evidence that, that our hearts have been gripped by his love and Christ lives in us through his spirit. But when people dishonor their moms because they don't feel like she's worthy of their honor or respect, what they're actually doing is making their respect conditional. And they're really offering evidence that their own hearts haven't yet been fully gripped by the love of God who loved us while we were sinners. Think about your mom for a minute. 
get her face in your mind, okay? She's your mom. The only one you, you have. <laughs> the only mother you have. She wasn't perfect. No, she wasn't. But neither are you. There's only been one perfect. And he honored his mom for her position, not necessarily for her performance. And I believe when Jesus lives in us through his spirit, we'll find ourselves doing the same for our moms. There's a third way God calls us to honor our mothers. We honor our moms by remembering their efforts to help us know God. Remembering their efforts to help us know God. <clears throat> Paul wrote to the young man, Timothy, he, he wrote this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. In chapter 1, verse 5, he tells us who that, who that was that, he, that Timothy had learned it from. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you. We honor our moms by remembering their efforts at helping us to know God. During my 53 years, I've been blessed to be able to observe two moms from the vantage point of living with them and observing their lives up close and personal. My own mom and my wife, the mother of my children. In both cases, what I've observed in each of them is their overriding desire to help their children grow up to know God. One of the memories I have of growing up in my family is, and I've told you this before, but Getting up in the middle of the night as a kid, you know, to stumble down the hallway into the bathroom to use the facilities. And night after night, I would do that, and I would see my mom in the middle of the night on the living room couch, all bundled up in an afghan, Bible open on her knees, eyes closed, lips moving, praying. Later, I found out praying for me, <laughs> praying for her children. I remember in my early teens, my mom explaining to me I needed to have a daily quiet time with God, just like she did. She even bought me a little journal to help me. I didn't have a clue what to do with that, but she wanted me to know the Lord that she knew. My parents made sure to have us kids in church and Awana and youth group, places where Jesus was worshipped, the Bible was taught, where we were around other Christians. I'm eternally grateful for the efforts my parents made at helping me and my sisters know God. I've told them that. I've expressed my appreciation for that. In our own home, there have been countless times where I've heard the mother of my children praying for our kids, asking God to protect them, to lead their lives, to direct their lives, praying God's promises back to Him. Paul told Timothy to remember his mom and grandma who taught him the word of God and passed their faith down to him. Wouldn't it be great if all moms did that? If all moms helped their kids know God's word and helped their kids know Christ? Not all moms do that, I understand. Maybe your mom didn't. My encouragement would be to recall any little thing that she may have done to try to help you know God. If she ever took you to church, if she ever prayed for you, if she ever talked to you about God, she ever tried to guide you into his ways, let, let her know that you're grateful 
for that. That will honor her. It will honor her. Fourth, we honor our moms by taking their instructions to heart. And again, all the moms said? Amen. <laughs> Amen. The wisest man who ever lived wrote this, My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever and fasten them around your neck. You know, as I grow older, I've learned there's a reason why our moms wanted us to wear a jacket and bundle up when it was cold outside. There's a reason why she wanted us to clean our rooms once in a while. There's <laughs> a reason why she was concerned about the kind of friends we were hanging out with, why she thought that the girl that we liked was bad news and secretly rejoiced when we broke up. There's a reason why mom thought that shirt was too tight on you or cut too low. There's a reason why she didn't want us to go see that movie or attend that party with those people. There's a reason why she felt she needed to weigh in on our music choices. You see, students, your mom might be a bit overprotective. Maybe she didn't go about it the right way. Yes, she probably doesn't understand what it's like to live in your world. I get that. But God gave you your mom for a reason. You should thank God that you have a mom who cares. And what she has that you don't yet have as a student is life experience, right? She's got a lot of life experience. The Bible says you'd be wise to take her instructions to heart. You'd honor her by doing so. You know, I know that when we get up to heaven, we're going to mostly be caught up in the glory of God, right? We're going to be enthralled with the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But sometimes I wonder what it might be like someday, maybe 10 million years into the future, to ask the Lord if I could see the video of what my life on earth might have been like without his interventions and without his protections? What moral and spiritual disasters did I end up missing because God shielded me from them? And of course I think about the angels protecting me. But how about the protection afforded to us by the, the warnings and the guidance of our parents? What did we miss? What disaster did we miss? What shipwreck did we avoid because our parents guided us in his way? I can see myself sitting there watching the video with Jesus and Jesus saying, see that? See that right there? <laughs> That's why I gave you your parents. If they hadn't directed you away from that shallow reef, your life would have been shipwrecked. But in my mercy, I gave you your parents to guide you in my path. And probably when this video is over, you ought to fly over to Glory Avenue and thank them again <laughs> for guiding you in my way. Parents, you know that you can certainly do your part to teach your kids the ways of God, but, but have you learned that yet you can't do it for them? And they've got to make some of their own decisions, right? I love this piece called Reflections of a Mother that speaks to this so well. It says this, I gave you life, but I can't live it for you. I can teach you things, but I can't make you learn. I can give you directions, but I cannot always be there to lead you. I can allow you freedom, but I can't account for it. I can take you to church, but I can't make you believe. I can teach you right from wrong, but I can't always decide for you. I can buy you beautiful clothes, but I cannot make you beautiful on the inside. I can offer you advice, but I can't accept it for you. I can give you love, but I can't force it upon you. I can teach you to share, but I cannot make you unselfish. I can teach you respect, 
but I can't make you show somebody honor. I can advise you about friends, but I can't choose them for you. I can advise you about sex, but I cannot keep you pure. I can tell you the facts of life, but I cannot build your reputation. I can tell you about drinking, but I can't say no for you. I can warn you about drugs, but I can't prevent you from using them. I can tell you about lofty goals, but I can't achieve them for you. I can warn you about sins, but I cannot make you moral. I can love you as a child, but I cannot place you in God's family. I can pray for you, but I can't make you walk with God. I can teach you about Jesus, but I cannot make Jesus your Lord. I can tell you how to live, but I cannot give you eternal life. We honor our moms by taking to heart their instructions. Fifth, we honor our moms by living in such a way as to bring them joy and not grief. Proverbs 10.1, the Proverbs of Solomon, says this, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. As a pastor, this one really strikes home for me. I can't tell you how many times, after sitting with yet another tearful, broken-hearted mom, listening to her, to her talk about her wayward child, that I wanted to take out my iPhone and snap her picture, drive over to her son's apartment, flick the joint out of his mouth, smack him around a little bit, show him the picture of his crying and distraught mother, and tell him to shape up because he's killing his mom. I know that's not usually the most effective way for a pastor to minister the gospel. That's just what rises up within me when I hear a broken-hearted mother grieving over her child. You know, thinking back, for me, there were things I didn't get involved in as a teenager because I didn't want to hurt my mom. My friends were doing stuff. There was a part of me that wanted to join them. But the image, the mental image of, of her sitting there on the couch in the middle of the night praying for me kept me protected me from doing things that I would have regretted later that would have dishonored her. Certainly we should want first and foremost to bring joy to God, our Heavenly Father, as His children by living in a way to reflect His glory. But here it says to, that to live in such a way as to bring joy to our parents is also a worthy and noble motivation. To bring them joy and not grief. Certainly that's a way to honor the many years that they have invested in us. I mentioned earlier Jesus was the epitome of a son who honored his mother. Perhaps we see that most vividly in a moment that took place while Jesus was hanging on the cross, shedding his blood for our redemption. John 19 records this, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Lots of Marys in the Bible. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, remember, he's hanging on the cross. Blood is flowing out of his body. Dear woman, here's your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple, that's John, took her, took Mary into his home. Number six, we honor our moms by caring for them in their later years like Jesus did. You can't read this without seeing that it's a Christ-like thing to make provision for our moms to be cared for as they enter into their later years. 
I mean, that's the ultimate way to honor this dear woman who brought us into the world through much pain. Most scholars believe it's likely that Joseph, Jesus' stepfather, was already, uh, had already passed on by this point. Certainly Jesus had other siblings, stepbrothers and sisters, but as the firstborn, he felt the primary responsibility for making sure that Mary would be well taken care of and her needs would be met after he was gone. Can you picture that scene in your mind? Jesus hanging on the cross. Mary, his mom, maybe in her 50s or 60s by then, being held by his disciple John. What a picture of selflessness that was, wasn't it? Jesus, in his moment of greatest pain, in his moment of greatest anguish, wearing the sins of the world on himself, in that moment, focused on the well-being of his mother that she would be taken care of. That's amazing. I think somebody in the room needs to hear this particular point today. It is true, we honor our parents by caring for them in their later years just like Jesus did. I'm grateful to have so many friends. A lot of my friends my age, our parents are now in their 70s and 80s and so many of my friends are setting the pace in this very area, making sure their parents are cared for in their later years. It's a Christ-like thing to do, amen? even at great cost. And finally, this word honor has another meaning. It means to place a high value on or to cherish or to count as precious or to treasure. And so number seven, we honor our moms by communicating to them often that we cherish them. That we cherish them, that we treasure them. You know, it's one thing to get her a card on Mom's Day, which is a good thing. Take her out to the buffet. Give her a call later this afternoon if she's in another state. Order some flowers for her. Those are all very appropriate gestures. And likely they'll be meaningful to her. But really, wouldn't you agree that the more important thing is to establish an ongoing pattern of honoring your mom, of cherishing her? Not just on one day of the year, but constantly? Some of you are students. You live at home with your mom could take the form of um, something called a thank you. New concept, maybe, for some of you. <laughs> hey, thank you, Mom. Hey, Mom, I just wanted to thank you. Thanks for doing my laundry. Thanks for making my meals for me. You know, thank yous still speak volumes, don't they? I don't think thank yous are ever going to get outdated. Tender hugs, little notes, taking the time to stop and ask your mom now and then, how, how are you doing, mom? How's it going? The moms I know tell me they feel very appreciated when the people they love take the time to do things like that. It's an honoring thing to do. We honor our moms by communicating to them often, day in and day out, that they matter to us, that they're precious to us, we treasure them, we value our relationship with them. My challenge for you today is that by the grace of God and through the power of the Spirit of God that, that you would let the love of God that is in you flow out onto your mom today. If she's already passed on, which I know is the case for many of you, that you'd take a moment and thank God for giving you your mom. Thank Him for your mom. If you need to forgive your mother today because she wasn't a perfect mom as no mom is, 
I pray that God will give you his grace to realize that Jesus died for her sins too. He paid for her sins also and that because you have been forgiven of so much that you could forgive her as well. If your mom is living, I pray that you'll let her know how much you thank God for your mom and how much she means to you.